0: Yeah, I can mention a few. So, Drew mentioned um, legal readiness, right? Especially customer facing, including OEM, because he mentioned the flow down terms um, in commercial contract terms or licensing or privacy areas. It is a real concern, especially in B2B. The, the terms are very complex. And, you know, if you start making one offs, you almost need to create a lock manually and point out which ones are off from the deviation. The deviation from the master agreement, and that they can become a lot of, uh, um, you know, it become a huge challenge to the due diligence. Um, so a lot of companies start early if you have a competent CFO such as Drew, and you know start logging in. And there are tools out there can scan all your legal documents and point out these are the ones that are deviating from the standard terms, including renewal dates, you know, limitation of liability, assignability and those. So you can utilize that tool. So I found it very helpful. I just the name escapes me right now. So the one that regarding uh, CCPA or DPA, was a privacy terms, there are a couple of tools out there that I have seen. One of them is a data grail and you can check it out. They, it enables you to check your processing systems to see if you're really fully in compliance with the uh, privacy terms.
1: Nice, uh, Greg. Tech tips or, or other um, legal items that uh, that you're kind of keeping track of as a CFO of a hyper growth company to be ready for sale.
2: Yeah, I mean, as uh, Drew mentioned, you
1: know,
2: for a company that deals with you know PII or, or PHI you know, anything around HIPAA, CCPA, GDPR, if you operate in Europe or deal with Europeans, uh, is is going to be on most investors' due diligence radars these days. Um, I mean, you've got a state like Illinois, which, you know, from, from what I'm hearing from people as lawyers are just circling because it's so user-friendly and anti-company um, in terms of the thresholds that, someone can use to go through Illinois. You know, people are, are really trying to clamp down on, on, on those kind of gaping holes in due diligence. Um, I mean, ultimately the tools are designed to root out all the kind of the busy manual labor, right? So you know, a, a thing like Carta for managing a cap table for a startup can be really useful when you're trying to balance uh, issuance of convertibles, shares, options, warrants and the like. Um, you know, and getting people past trying to do it all on Excel. And then, uh, obviously, contract management systems, Drew mentioned, you know, really important. Um, You know, it's very rare as a startup that you are not basically tied to, you know, the 800-pound gorilla clients that basically say, here's my terms. (laughs) Uh, So, you, you, you usually end up with a patchwork uh, of, of clauses and, and things you have to adhere to. And it's really cumbersome to manually do this, but then also try and retroactively go through every contract as part of a due diligence. Um, and, and then I would just say, you know, communication tools, you know, now are, are of vital importance. Uh, you know, we're, we're a big user of Slack. Uh, I personally don't use it because, you know, between phone, text, email, you know, people have enough ways to reach me if they, if they need to reach me. They don't need a fourth. Um, but I think you really have to find the, the right collaborative tools that allow people to not just share documents, but share assignments, like you've mentioned with Asana, um, and giving people the training to use them. You know, a lot of them are kind of intuitive once you kind of start playing around. But, you know, you don't want your people spending you know, a month trying to get up to speed on something. Sometimes it's worthwhile just sending them out for an afternoon just to, you know, get a quick tutorial uh, on these tools.
1: Um, so I'm gonna spend just a couple minutes talking about making sure your legal house is always in order. Um, I think that it's really important to, to pick a, a solid strong outside counsel relationship or inside counsel relationship from the earliest uh, days. And, and for some companies who are bootstrapped, they, they tend to avoid doing that until, until it's a sale process time in which case we can we, we as outside counsel can come in and, and clean something up in relatively uh, quick order uh, but whether you're doing this at from formation or, or later in time uh, it's really important to set up a, a, a data room right away where you have um, you know your cap t- the documents that support your cap table uh, which hopefully is going to be maintained in Carta with the assistance of a paralegal at your outside counsel. It's gonna, it's gonna have all of your uh, employee documents, consulting agreements, agreements that establish that everybody who's touched your code has assigned their inventions and, and that the information it, it remains confidential. Um, and and uh, that's um, you know kind of one of the keys uh, to success. I, I would say um, as you embark on a sales process, you want to put in place an NDA right away. Uh, that's easy to get executed. It's not 20 pages and onerous that a buyer is going to feel like they have to mark it up. Um, you know, it's hopefully one page, maybe two, maybe three at the absolute uh, most, uh, and uh, it, it's going to make sure that um, you are protected and 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 there's a way. To recover that information if a, if a, if a sale process uh, breaks down, um, and then you know, a, as you decide what to disclose to a buyer in a process, You want to be thinking about, is this information commercially sensitive? Uh, Does it contain personal data, as as Greg and Drew were mentioning? Um, Would disclosure cause a breach of the contract itself? In which case, you're still going to have to disclose it to buyer or investor, but when do you do it and and how do you do it? And and you could set up a clean room. Uh, You could decide that only one person on the buyer team or investor team is going to have access to it to hopefully uh, uh, reduce the the scope of potential breach um, you're, you're going to think about would disclosure of this information uh, blow up my attorney client privilege um, and and does it contain information about the sale process so oftentimes board minutes might um, contain information about a sale process. So would you have redacted versions uh, up in a data room? Uh, those are things uh, to think about as you as you set up a data room. Uh, but right at the outset, at least having one uh, that's uh, uh, hopefully stored in the cloud in a secure way uh, and is complete um, and, and hopefully shows what, whatever holes there are, I, I think is really helpful. Um, finally, I wanted to add on to something Drew said. You know, a lot of these technology tools are very expensive and you're not gonna wanna spend $50,000 or uh, to, to buy a license. And, and a lot of your outside councils, however, are already going to have subscriptions to these products. And so, um, Jenny, you were talking about a, a product that will tell you if the contract deviates from standard terms. I'm not sure which product you were talking about, but the product I use for that purpose is called Kira Networks. And uh, in, in, my fir- in my previous firm, we had a license to Kira, and what it would do is it would analyze um, in nanoseconds uh, every contract uh, that you had uploaded to a specific room and in, in, in according to the parameters you set up could tell you what the date of the contract was the expiration date whether there was a restriction on change of control, how to assign it, um, and obviously to your point, Jenny, uh, wh- whether it deviated from, from the form. And so if you don't want to buy that, that, uh, that software package, oftentimes your counsel already has bought it and, and you can leverage them. So leveraging your advisors and other people in your ecosystem you know, sometimes is a way to um, uh, get things done. Um, the tally is as you as you think about bringing a company uh, out to market or making sure that a company is well known uh, in, in its uh, in its sector what are some of the things that that you do as banker to um, make sure that they're really uh, in the upper quartile uh, in, in the you know magic qu- quadrant as Gartner calls it
3: yeah, I mean it's really important to understand the context, uh, right? Uh, M&A is really a buy or build discussion for uh, for a lot of the strategics. So if they are going to buy something, we need to articulate to them, uh, you know, how much time they're saving, or if they're buying truly something special that fits into their strategy. Uh, this whole thing about companies being bought versus sold, um, you know, companies that you know good companies are targeted. Yeah, that, that may be for some very famous and very hot topics where uh, corp dev teams will go on a shopping spree uh, or target a specific company where the CEO says, got to have it. Uh, but when you're running a process, you know, 99 times out of 100, uh, it's really a sales process. You really have to find the fit. You have to uh, promote the idea uh, to the potential buyers of how this fits into their framework, into their strategic roadmap. And you really need to do your homework on the category, on the business. You need to be able to have a very interesting discussion with them and, and introduce it in a way that uh, makes them interested. So generating interest is, is a very important step in this process. Um, you know, Oftentimes it's not something that sells itself. Otherwise you wouldn't have a sales site process at such an early stage. There's always you know, a reason for it. There's some kind of challenge. If the company is doing fantastically well you know then uh it's not going to be going out there looking for a buyer obviously so uh you really have to be kind of realistic but it, it's important to understand the context from both sides get into their into their shoes and uh try to infer what might be interesting to them and how do you message it and position it for them and that all starts with research
1: um well, you know, we're now operating in this environment, uh, Vitaly, where um, nobody can can see original documents. Nobody can can go do an office visit. Nobody can go out for lunch. Um, there's no meeting face to face. How do you? What are some of the tools that you can use to to get the word out about a company in in this, um, in this environment?